हेलो एंड वेलकम टू द काउंटर पॉइंट पॉडकास्ट आई एम शुभम अग्रवाल एंड वी आर बैक टू द सेकंड एपिसोड ऑफ अ प्रीवियस वन दैट वी हैड प्रॉमिस्ड वी गोइंग टू डिस्कस अबाउट द सॉल्यूशन इन दिस पार्ट एंड लुक एट हाउ कैन वी सस्टेनेबली सॉल्व द प्रॉब्लम ऑफ ओएमएस मैनेजिंग स्पेयर पार्ट्स सो वी हैव मोहित विद अस अगेन इन द एपिसोड एंड वी गोइंग टू डिस्कस डीप डाउन इनटू हाउ द सॉल्यूशन can be looked at how the problems that we had discussed in the previous episode can all be addressed and also ensure that there are no new problems that exist or uh, arise out of the solution that we implement before we start on the solution let's let's look at a quick brief uh, on what we discussed in the last episode i would still urge all the listeners if you have not had a chance to listen to the last one please uh, do so the link is in the details and uh, you can then come to this episode however we'll still share a quick brief so let's welcome mohit hi mohit uh, welcome to the counterpoint podcast uh, welcome back hi shubham how are you i'm good thank you mohit so mohit uh, let us first start with the quick brief of the problem that we discussed in the previous episode so that we set the uh, context right so uh, what we have discussed in uh, as a problem in the last episode was that the automotive oem has two major and at time conflicting needs which it need to satisfy one is that it need to ensure spares delivery to the customer at the shortest possible time and it needs to be done in a manner that is financially beneficial to the company and we said the root of this is that there's a huge range of parts and the way company is managing uh, that is they are managing on a forecast based system that is what is root of this problem right so my question is very obvious mohit uh, how do we start to solve these uh, issues you know which are crippling the system okay so if you see uh, shubham as in uh, any solution which we need to put in place it should aim at ensuring that parts are available at the shortest possible time and this has to be realized at the same level or or at a lower level of inventory and while doing so that that nobody in the entire supply chain should be burdened with the extra investment this should be the basic tenant of structuring a solution yeah <laughs> right now the reason i'm laughing is because you know i i'm i'm sure the listeners are like is this really possible because we get that a lot yeah yeah that whenever we discuss this kind of solution this is the first impact or the first reaction which we get from the audiences yeah so now let's let's do one thing let's do uh, a simple uh, structural because we have said that there's a huge range of part so now Uh, it is imperative to classify these items into various categories and then create a distribution strategy based on that then we'll be able to have a structured conversation around it so if you see based on frequency of demand at a point of sale the parts can be classified roughly into three four categories one is a fast mover item these are regular maintenance part like filters oil brake lining clutches welds oil seals battery and tires wiper and and these are replaced as a part of regular maintenance and if you look at look these item in terms of sales these are usually 60 to 70% of the total spare parts sold by volume as well as by value right now there is a second category of item which we call as a slow moving item these are infrequently used during repairs or certain failures which happens uh, the examples would be uh, user can visualize like a radiator window glass or a fuel injection pump or a crank shaft these are the certain part category which are slow mover items then there's another category which is like uh, stranger items or rare items 
these are only included in a major accident or a rear uh, a rear repair you know so and the chances of these part failures is uh, not very high now, examples of these would be are your axles transmissions cabin frame and central locking system and usually if you see these are the kind of items which uh, usually gets damaged during accident so if you see accident insurance policy is uh, there's a process of there's a claim to be made and then it will be getting approved which takes around 10 to 14 days in our country so then even if the these parts are not available at at the point of sale this can be arranged while the policy things are getting formed hmm. now next set of part are uh, erratic part and these are the part which are prone to frequent damages like gear parts bumper windshields and they may also be exclusive parts needed for preventive maintenance for lesser popular models these are the or we call as long tail models which are not being sold very high in the market or these these item item might be required for minor incidents while these vehicles of particular model may not be frequently visiting the service center as in if you look at the entire uh, set of vehicle visiting service center but if you see from the customer perspective it doesn't matter for them these are regular item so and the patient for them to wait for these kind of item is low because these for them these are regular running item which are required for maintenance there of their model right right and then there's a set of uh, which is only kind of category which is pertaining to the spare part business is out of circulation item and these are usually stranger part that belongs to 4 to 10 year models of oems which are no longer in production and even though these parts are not used in current models the oem is legally expected to maintain these item for repair and replacement in the market so these are the broader uh, i said 3 4 now we have five categories right so basically just to summarize we have uh, five categories the first one is the first move parts the second is uh, slow parts uh, then we have the erratic parts and uh, the other two categories that we spoke about are the stranger parts or rare parts and the out of circulation parts right correct right so let us look at uh, what strategy would be implement for each of them one by one yeah so now if the distribution strategy has to be based on on the above categorization now it is evident that frequency with which each part is demanded at a point of sale and customer willing to wait can be used to decide which sku has to be stocked where for an example while the fast movers have to be readily available at the service center customer service is not usually jeopardized if a stranger part is not available immediately on hand makes sense yeah yeah similarly most customers are willing to wait for out of circulation part this means the frequently needed items have to be held closer to the consumption point the less frequently demanded parts can be held further upstreams in the supply chain now the implication of this kind of strategy is that this reduces the sku's that has to be held at a uh, different stocking points but the challenge in this kind of environment uh, is that there are at times you are uh, the customer tolerance for waiting and repair uh, for bay blocking is limited as in they they get bogged down if the sku is not available you know and that is the reason why at times the as in channel partners have a huge variety of part in the supply chain or they end up having huge variety of part at the dealer location now if you see what we have said is we have said that the decision can be taken based on the frequency and uh, at a point of sale 
and we can have a lot of inventory, a lot of item at the upstream and the fastest moving item we can keep at the point of sales. Now, there's a second aspect, which is a very fundamental aspect of uh, our distribution strategy. The stock which we need to carry is a function of lead time. Therefore, significantly reducing the lead time of dealership and distributor from the next node, which might be a regional warehouse or a distribution center in the service distribution network can aid in reducing the stock which a dealer has to maintain. Okay. Uh, could we look at an example here uh, quickly, Mohit? Okay, if you see, uh, I'll just take a recent example. This this is, uh, however, COVID example is an exception, but I just want to drive out a point. So, so you remember that when the first wave, when the first lockdown was announced, all of us actually went to uh, shops and Kirana stores and hoarded the inventory. Instead of keeping 15, 20 days of groceries, we all went and kept one and a half month or two months or so at points, actually people had six months of groceries. And this happened. Now, what fundamentally changed? There was an uncertainty in lead time and at times for many of the items, the lead time became longer because the logistic network were disrupted. So this we can see that whenever the lead time is becoming higher or it is becoming variable, as a result, what we are doing is we are carrying higher stock. That means the stock is actually a function of lead time. So can we quickly look at the example, uh, Mohit, here? Okay. So if you see, suppose a company is there, it is actually sourcing items and uh, certain vendors are located very nearby in the vicinity. And it is also importing some other item which is coming from, suppose, a country like China. So you will see the, the amount of inventory which is it is carrying for locally sourced item would be roughly 10 days, 15 days. And the amount of inventory which is it is carrying from China would be a month inventory or a two months inventory. What, what is different between vendors which is supplying from locally and China? The lead times. A locally based vendor is able to supply him in a matter of days. That is why he's carrying inventory of 15 days. But anything which is coming outside India will have a lead time of one to two months. All right. So, yeah, that makes it clear. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, let's get back to the solution. So similarly, availability at central warehouse can help reduce inventory, which is need to be carried at regional warehouses. Right. When the lead time is reduced, the minimum inventory to be held at various nodes in the supply chain network for every SQ will reduce. What will be the result? This enables stocking of higher range or increased range in the supply chain within the same working capital. Hmm. In addition to decoupling the supply lead time from the replenishment lead time, a central warehouse is also needed to act as a dampener to absorb fluctuation in spare demand. Okay. The greatest variability in spare demand is logically at the point of sales. Right. So, uh, which we know by, by law, we know that aggregation reduces the variability, correct? Correct. Correct. So, using this benefit of aggregation, a CWH is able to in, uh, serve many different destinations in the supply chain far more efficiently while keeping the lowest inventory possible in the system. Okay. So, great, Mohit. Uh, could we quickly summarize? Okay. So, now what we have done is, let me just summarize. We have said that we'll be keeping stock based upon the frequency. We also said we'll be having a distribution network where there will be a CWS, there will be a regional warehouses and then comes the dealership or the distributors. Right. And the key things which we are going to change is we are reducing the lead time 
of servicing the next node in the supply chain and as we said the stock to be carried as a function of lead time as in when we are reducing the lead time the amount of inventory at a sku level we need to carry lower which it gives us a immense leverage point that within the same working capital we can actually ensure a higher range which can be maintained at a uh, stocking location right so i think the uh, solution is quite detailed and i think uh, it it takes care of all the aspects that have to be um, you know that the oems or the dealers or any any node in the supply chain faces uh, and i think that lays the foundation of the tenets on which we should build the solution but i'm sure uh, you know as we all know that murphy can hit any time and it becomes really uncertain you know the entire supply chain becomes really uncertain to be handled right these murphys or these unknown uh, you know uh, circumstances can create a difference so how do we look at a sustainable distribution strategy uh, which ensures that there's availability in the market at all times at all locations at all points yeah so this is a very valid point shubham here when we talk about reducing the lead time and reducing thereby reducing the stock which needs to be carried if we do not ensure availability at the previous node of the supply chain then we can we can end up in a situation where we can have stock outs and then lose the entire power of the solution what it means is for this strategy to be successful availability has to be ensured at all points in the supply chain be it a central warehouse be it a regional warehouse be it your distributor or dealership or be it your retailer right this is only possible if the supply chain moves away from damaging push systems and implements a pull based replenishment system wherein the inventory moves in the supply chain based on the consumption happening based on the pull happening in the system right so could you elaborate a little bit more on this uh, new strategy that we are talking about so let me just take an example here just to explain sure sure we we all have uh, water supplies in our home water water supply or a water distribution is a perfect example what we are talking so nobody is uh, as in when what you do is you open a tap and the water flows this is the distribution cycle but if you see how the distribution network is there there's a dam which is like a reservoir which is acting like a cwh and there's a, a municipal uh, small tank which is there in the locality which is like acting like a regional distribution center and at times either you ha- might have a overhead tank at your home right which is acting like a distribution or, or a dealership and distribution center so if you see you are in the system you are not holding any inventory but you are almost having uh, enjoying 100% availability of water how it's beginning possible zero inventory and 100% availability because the supply lead time is instantaneous you whenever you open the tab the water flows in your house so this is this is the kind of system which where we can say this is a pull based system you only are filling the, municip- the like the dam is filling the or the reservoir is filling the your municipal tank which is located in the society for a big catchment area as and when the water is getting consumed from that tank same way your society level or your household level water tank is getting refilled only when there is a consumption happening in that in that housing or society or the area right makes sense yeah so this is a pull based system where instead of push the inventory is flowing based upon the demand or the consumption which is happening at the supply point hmm okay 
So now, just like the water distribution network, the vendors in the system has to supply as per the actual consumption from the central warehouse instead of a forecasted schedules. The prevalent approach right now, which we have, is a schedule-based planning for spares, which we discuss in detail last in the last podcast. Can not only create desync with the real demand, but it also uh, leading to FG inventory piling up either at the vendor end or at the center warehouses or uh, at some other point, which at the end leads to surpluses in the system. Moving away from this push system to a pull system, wherein movement of inventory is based on actual consumption, takes away the need to arrive at a accurate forecast and send in monthly schedules. As in, we we are all sure of that forecast is is estimate. It can never be accurate. But wherein when we move move to a pull based system, there is no need to have actual forecast. Whatever is the consumption happening, the previous need or the supply chain need to. supply or replenish the inventory which is being consumed by the by the next node of the supply chain so now we can have a communication system that indicates the level of stock against the inventory which is to be carried and this can be set up between the oem warehouses and the vendors uh, and there could be a daily trigger which can be happening based upon which the order needs to be put in now vendor can manufacture the corresponding part and replenish stock at the oem as per the priority set based on the actual level stock in the system rather than the forecasted demand or the planned demand this enables the suppliers to receive purchase order in a hassle free manner the constant change in order priority which used to cause oh, uh, capacity loss at a supplier and unneeded fg can also be eliminated because now the vendors are only producing which is actually moving from the cwh which is actually and the inventory moving from the cwh is the actual demanded inventory in the market same way if you extend this similarly the consumption based inventory movement can be triggered between a cwh and a regional warehouse from regional warehouse to a depot or a distributor from a depot or a distributor to the service center even to the retailers you know? okay and and at any two links the inventory should be moved only based on the immediate pull signal based on the actual consumption with the buffer level signaling the priority for replenishment we can also have uh, suppose if there are certain shortages which are happening we can have a courier services which can be engaged for rapid rapid movement for a stranger part or a slow moving item from the regional warehouses or the central warehouse to the point of sale directly so uh, great mohit uh, could we quickly summarize the solution once because uh, so that it becomes really easy for the listeners to gather the thoughts again Correct. So what we said is the distribution strategy for it needs to succeed. The availability is prime most important, and we can arrive or get to the availability if we move to a pull based system. That means we have a inventory movement happening in the supply chain based on the actual consumption rather than the forecasted demand. That means what we are saying is the vendor will be seeing a buffer at a CWH level, and they'll be asked to fill those buffers. same way from the cwh to the rwh there will be certain buffers in place at a cwh as well as rwh so the rwh buffer whatever is the consumption happening in the market to the next node of the supply chain there will be a trigger which will be coming to the cwh and cwh will be filling those buffer and the same same strategy can be deployed across the supply chain right great i think uh, the solution part is really clear now and uh, i also see that we have touched upon all the different uh, areas that you know solution touches 
wherever we saw a problem like we discussed earlier so mohit uh, could you share with us uh, some of the benefits some of the improvements that you have seen as as a result of the implementation of such a solution okay uh, this model of managing spares in most of the cases give immediate benefit to the service dealerships and distributors okay higher sales is achieved as an effect of better availability in the, in the entire supply chain and without increasing the inventory a uh, dealer is able to uh, have higher part they are able to uh, ensure higher range that means translate to higher sales higher roi and what we have seen is that it also motivates them to invest more resources towards improving the reach and range to service the customer in the market because now they are able to do it with some financial gains right great do you have any case study probably which you know you you would like to share with us today uh, which which has worked on a similar model okay if we say there are many indian oems who have implemented this uh, pull based recognition system for the supply chain some of them actually have engaged vector consulting for this transformation for an example we have worked with tata motors ashok leland volvo aisha okay. and royal enfield tvs motor for their spare part business we have also worked with uh, sonalika tractor in the uh, for their spare part business we have also worked with some oe vendors and uh, like fleetguard filter shriram pistol fenor and skiff bearing so there are many companies who have actually deployed this uh, 2oc based pull recognition system in their supply chains uh, okay great uh, thanks a lot uh, for the discussion mohit uh, i think uh, this this really puts out a very strong uh, argument and strong uh, you know message of the new strategy that uh, you know everyone in oem spares industry can can benefit from so you know while you have talked about the case studies or you know the impact that you have seen could you also share some numbers and metrics that you have evaluated which have improved over time because you know uh, it it really becomes objective and easy to relate to numbers yeah yeah so actually it makes sense so let's take a case of tata motors and uh, to give a context they had uh, more than 1 lakh part for their aftermarket business and uh, they had five warehouses from which they were operating and servicing almost more than 1000 channel partners and they were sourcing from almost 450 vendors so now when we started the implementation what we said is that we'll be keeping around 35000 parts which they have sold in last one year at the cwh and uh, the metric if we see when we started the implementation the availability of these items were around 65% and it jumped to uh, 94% during the implementation and at wow, the same okay. time the inventory which they were carrying was around 67 days of sale which reduced to 57 days of sales and if you see the fill rate in 10 days improved from around 66 to 85% now this is this is happening at the cwh level if you look at the impact at the dealership partners their availability daily availability improved from 75% to north of 93% the sales uh, for the channel which was sales growth was uh, there was a plateau of sales for last three financial years it went to around 11% year in year now while doing all of this if you see the velocity of the part movement went up and while doing all of this the logistics cost for a company went down by 50 basis point that it it went from 4.64% to 4.14% of the sales and this resulted into a saving of around 10 cr which is actually happening year on year for the company 
if you see apart from this objective or numbers the most significant impact which as a consultant which i saw in front of my eyes was a transformation of a company from chaos to harmony the entire supply chain the firefights went down the vor reduced the interdepartment conflict reduced and we were able to actually create a much better uh, as in supply chain in terms of harmony in the entire supply chain wow okay that's that's really phenomenal i mean i asked for numbers but i didn't know the numbers were so you know overwhelming in in a, in a very positive sense uh, which is great and uh, i think what you said at the last is really uh, meaningful and makes a lot of sense because you know there's no cost that you can put to peace of mind which which is the biggest asset or the biggest outcome i would say of the implementation yeah not all things which can be counted counts yeah <laughs> that's true great so uh, i have just one more question uh, before we end the discussion today mohit evs or electric vehicles are the new upcoming thing they're the next big thing uh, that we see around the world how does the change in the vehicle mix on the road is going to change the dynamics of the spare parts the spare part operation because you know for the for these kind of vehicles the spare part definition might be entirely different so it's a very interesting point shubham there's a lot of enthusiasm about evs right now and it should be there because as a generation we are going to see the shift as in all the fossil fuel burning vehicles we are going to see a range of electric vehicles ev definitely brings a lot of modality in terms of standardization of many child components specifically the driveline items your engines gearbox your differentials your rear axles would no longer be needed there will be a standard motor which will be fitted on a uh, wheel however the underlying challenge for distribution are still going to remains the same and then that is unforeseen changes in the market demand huge variety at aggregate level for parts and the supply variations now if you see the toc replenishment solution in my eyes would help any auto ev companies to a similar degree of impact it has helped the non ev companies that is my take on this ev versus non ev and the kind of impact it is going to have on the spare part markets great so that really uh, solves for us because uh, if the solution remains the same however whatever new segments we open we still guarded uh, great mohit i think that was a, a wonderful discussion and i really thank you for taking us through the solution in such detail and helping all the listeners to understand and also find solutions to some of the problems that they might be having in their everyday operation thank you shubham yeah great speaking to you thank you so much mohit uh, and thanks to all the listeners uh, you can find more details on this topic uh, in the details to this episode and you can also check out the previous episode once again uh, which is in the details to this episode if you have any questions you want to write to us you want to have more details on this topic you can write to us either on our website Uh, or you can also write to us on our social media handles thank you we'll come back with another episode in the next one until then this is shubham signing off bye bye